I would uh, request you to please switch on your video if possible uh, because uh, I want to be sure that you are there. You keep the laptop and leave, then I would be preaching to laptops. I'm just kidding. I know you are in love with God and want to listen to God's word, and I'm not preaching my word, I'm preaching God's word. So let's pray. Jesus, help me, Lord. I need you today. Put words into my mouth today, Abba. Anoint the words that come out of my mouth. Let it be to glorify you, Jesus. Make your words in my mouth a fire that will transform each one of us today. I ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Okay, uh, last week, uh, like Andrew said, I need not explain what is gym. So we met in our gym groups and we looked at the early church, what the early church practiced and what happened as a result. Today, I would like to share three things that I believe are the key elements of a Christ-centered life. Number one, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Number two, following Jesus. And third one, sharing Jesus. So the title of my message today is Christ-centered life. Before I explain these things, I would like to read a story from the Bible. Luke 18.35 onwards. Luke 18.35. As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard the crowd going by, he asked what was happening. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. He called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Those who led the way rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and ordered the man to be brought to him. When he came near Jesus, Jesus asked him, What do you want me to do for you? As if Jesus didn't know. Lord, I want to see, he replied. Jesus said to him, Receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Immediately, he received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God. When all the people saw it, they also praised God. We were like this blind man. We were spiritually blind, 1 Corinthians 2.14. But by the grace of God, when we turned to Jesus, when we became born again, our eyes were opened, 2 Corinthians 3.14. As soon as the blind man received sight, what did he do? He followed Jesus, praising God. He received the gift of sight from Jesus. He saw Jesus, his healer. And as a response to the goodness of Jesus, he followed Jesus. Similarly, we should see Jesus. We should see his goodness, his love, his compassion. The result of this seeing would be following Jesus. And all the people saw what happened to the blind man. What did they do? They praised God. Similarly, when people see our blessings, they should know about the source of those blessings, Jesus. We should share about this wonderful Jesus to the world through our life. Through so my first point today is fix your eyes on Jesus. Hebrews 12, 1-2 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders the hinders and the entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us fixing our eyes on jesus the pioneer and perfecter of faith we all have a race marked out for us 
We are to run this race, how? By fixing our eyes on Jesus. He is the pioneer and perfecter of faith. If you look this verse in the NKJV, it says, instead of fixing our eyes, it says, looking unto Jesus. In the original language Greek, the actual meaning of the word looking is looking away from everything else and looking. That is looking from away from everything else and looking. So we are to look away from everything else, away from every distraction and look unto Jesus. We should not be fixing our eyes on the sins that entangles us. We should not be fixing our eyes on the cares and the worries of the world that hinders our run. Instead, we should be fixing our eyes on Jesus and only Jesus always. Now the question is how to fix our eyes on Jesus. The number one way is by seeing Jesus in the scriptures. In the road to Emmaus, Jesus appears to two disciples and this is what he does in Luke 24, 27. And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. In all the scriptures, we can see Jesus. We can see Jesus not only in the New Testament, but also in the Old Testament. The whole Bible is full of Jesus. All scriptures point to Jesus. In fact, Jesus himself is the word of God. But we need to ask the Holy Spirit to help us see Jesus in the scriptures. John 14, 26 says, Holy Spirit will help us. We can see in the scriptures the nature of Jesus. His goodness, His mercy, His grace, His majesty, His compassion, His love, and on and on. Like Joanna and he shared, when you, in the, Jesus, His compassion we can see when in the story where Jesus raises the only son of a widow from death, we see His compassion. Luke 7.13 says, the Lord saw the widow and He had compassion on her. We can see in the scripture the great sacrifice of Jesus on the cross and the great blessings we have as a result of this sacrifice. To see Jesus in the scriptures, we should read and study the Bible daily. We should listen to the wonderful Christ-centered sermons preached here on Sundays. So I urge you to read the Bible daily and also try and attend the Sunday meetings every week. Philip told Nathaniel in John 1.46, Come and see Jesus. Like Philip, I want to tell you this today. Come to the meetings and see Jesus. Another way how we see Jesus is by taking our eyes off ourselves. When we thank Jesus for all the blessings, when we worship and praise Jesus for who he is, then we take our eyes off ourselves and we set our eyes on Jesus. Do this in your fellowships and in your alone time. We have a meeting called Living Room on every Thursday 7.30 p.m. where we just worship the Lord for one hour. In this meeting, Lassie and Andrew lead us to an amazing time of worship with wonderful songs that glorify Jesus. And Holy Spirit has always confirmed this with His mighty manifested presence. So do attend this meeting. Another way of Fixing eyes on Jesus is by remembering the finished work of Jesus on the cross during breaking of bread, like we did today. We can do breaking of bread at our homes also, like the early church. 
through prayers also we fix our eyes on Jesus by relying on Jesus for all our needs through prayers. And last but not the least, we should ask Holy Spirit to reveal the great perfect love that Jesus has for us. Romans 5, 5 says, God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. So if we ask Jesus, Holy Spirit to reveal to us more and more the perfect love that Jesus for us, he will do it. This is very, very important because love is like a glue. When we get more and more revelation of the perfect love that Jesus has for us, our eyes will be glued to Jesus. God loves us so much. We need to know that more and more. Let's look at some verses which just shows God's love for us. Zephaniah 3.17. This is my favorite verse. I, I know most of us would love it. The Lord, your God is in your, is in your midst. The mighty one will save. Jesus will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. The Lord rejoices over you with gladness. The Lord rejoices over you with singing. Wow. If you read the verses before this, you would know that this verse is not for everyone. This is only for the new Jerusalem, the new covenant people. This is only for us believers. The Lord rejoices over you with gladness. The Lord rejoices over you with singing. Praise God. How can the Lord rejoice over us? Only because of Jesus. Jesus took the punishment for our sins. God says in Hebrews 10, 17, he will not remember our sins. Wow. And as a result of obedience of Jesus on the cross, we are righteous. Romans 5, 19. It is like this. If there were marks for Jesus' obedience, how much he would get? 100 out of 100? But that mark, which belongs to Jesus, 100 out of 100, has been given to us freely without even we taking the exam. Wow, this is good news, isn't it? If there is anyone who has not accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, today is the day of salvation. He paid a heavy price to bring you to light, to bring you to his kingdom so that you don't perish in hell forever. Come and receive Jesus. You can contact any one of us after the meeting and we would be more than glad to share about Jesus and his finished work. We should rely on the perfect love God has for us. First John 4, 16 says, and we know, and so we know and rely on the love God has for us. Why should we rely on God's love? Because God's love is perfect. It can neither increase nor decrease. His love for us is perfect forever. Even on the days when we don't love him much, his love is perfect. If you rely on our love for him, we are on a shaky ground. Because our love for God is not stable. On some days it is high, especially on Sundays, and on some other days it is low. In the Gospel of John, five times John addresses himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved. John 21, 7 says, one of the, the instances I'm reading, then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. If you notice carefully, doesn't say the disciple whom Jesus loved the most. 
read again look at the verse again the it doesn't say the disciple whom jesus loved the most the word most is not there we always think that john is the disciple whom jesus loved more than others john does not say so and it's not true rather john identified himself as the disciple whom jesus loved full stop he saw that in himself that was his identity he did not say others disciple other disciples are loved less by jesus this is how jesus john saw himself i am the disciple whom jesus loved like john we should identify ourselves as the disciple whom jesus loves that should be our identity if you believe this tell the person next to you or shout to the air i am the disciple whom jesus loves tell i am the disciple whom jesus loves now tell the person this as well god rejoices rejoices over me with singing god rejoices over me with singing amazing when god sees you he is rejoiced and he sings wow what a love so be assured that you are extremely loved by jesus this will fix your eyes on whom jesus now why should we fix our eyes on jesus two reasons transformation and multiplication number one transformation second corinthians 3:18 says i'm reading from the amplified version and all of us as with unveiled face because we continue to behold in the word of god as in a mirror the glory of the lord are constantly being con transfigured into his very own image in ever increasing splendor and from one degree of glory to another for this comes from the lord who is the spirit uh, now this is amplified it's it's complicated verse and it's amplified version so it's more complicated okay but i'll just paraphrase it it says when we behold jesus in the scriptures we become more and more like him that's what it says we are transformed our eyes are the lamp of our body eyes are the lamp of our body matthew 6:22 if your eyes are always on dung you will be filled with dung that's a fact and if your eyes are always on jesus you will be filled with truth and life if you are i'll say that again if your eyes are always on jesus you will be filled with truth and life and another reason why we should fix our eyes on jesus is multiplication multiplication of grace and peace yes grace and peace can be multiplied in our life second peter 1:2 says i'm reading from the kjv version grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the how through the knowledge of god and of jesus our lord when we fix our eyes on jesus we get to know him more and more this growth in the knowledge will result in the multiplication of grace and peace amazing let's look at this verse let's amplify this verse and look at it look at in the amplified version it says may grace god's favor and peace which is perfect well-being all necessary good all spiritual prosperity and freedom from fears and agitating passions and moral conflicts be multiplied to you how in the full personal precise and correct knowledge of god and of jesus our lord the word peace used here in the original language greek not only means peace of mind which is important it also means peace of mind but it also means wholeness and rest wholeness means like complete restoration that which is broken is joined 
all that is broken is restored even in it's amazing that is even in hebrew the word shalom which is peace means completeness wholeness amazing how god has chosen greek and hebrew such rich languages for writing the bible giving the bible amazing so this peace which is like rest wholeness peace of mind can be multiplied in our life through the knowledge of jesus so we begin to in other words we begin to experience more and more of god's blessings wholeness which is perfect well-being and rest when we grow in the correct knowledge of jesus we need to have a correct knowledge of jesus through the scriptures these wonderful things are already ours in christ in the spiritual realm however these things begin to manifest in the physical realm when we grow in the knowledge of god and of jesus our lord so fix your eyes on jesus my second point is follow jesus john 10:27 says my sheep listen to my voice i know them and they follow me if you are a believer then you are already a sheep of jesus his sheep listen to his voice and they follow him following jesus means listening to his voice and doing all that he wants you to do the natural progression of fixing your eyes on jesus is following jesus be careful if you try to follow jesus without fixing your eyes on jesus you might end up following someone else i say that again if you try to follow jesus without fixing your eyes on jesus you might end up following someone else that we don't want matthew 11:28 says come to me all this is jesus speaking come to me all you who are weary and burdened and i'll give you rest take my yoke upon you and learn from me for i am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light when we go to jesus he gives us rest those who are burdened because of the yoke of law will find rest when they come to jesus because he has redeemed us from the curse of the law galatians 3:13 those who are weary because of the worries and cares of the world will also find rest because we can cast all our care upon him because he cares for us first peter 5:7 now rest here doesn't mean that doing nothing sitting on a beach drinking juice watching sunset this rest is not physical it's for our souls rest for our mind along with the rest he also gives us his yoke and he expects us to learn from him he is gentle and he teaches us gently learn from him and do what he asks us to do this is following jesus what is a yoke you can see in the picture the yoke yoke is a wooden frame that which makes two animals pull a lot together do you know why yoke that jesus gives is easy if you think it is easy because it does not involve any physical effort ask philip not mehus philip uh, philip in the bible okay acts 8:30 says he had to run with the chariot to share gospel now that's not physically effortless it's tough however what was the result the result was a saved ethiopian 
now don't start running after chariots cars and buses okay the yoke jesus gives you may not be the same as the one he gives another disciple but always the end purpose of whatever he gives is a saved ethiopian or an indian or an american a saved soul notice when he yoke is used there are two animals as you can see in the picture working together to pull the load when there is an experienced weak ox the farmers put a stronger ox along with it in the yoke one person carrying the yoke is you do you know who is the other person the other person carrying the yoke is strong jesus remember jesus is with you in all that he wants you to pull and we also learn with him learn from him along the way that is why the yoke that jesus gives is easy and light if the yoke you are carrying is burdening you today then check whose yoke you are carrying check whether is it is jesus in it with you when we follow jesus he takes us on an exciting peaceful and joyful journey joy and peace are an integral part of following jesus now as i said before there is a learning from jesus when we follow jesus what is that he is making us into when we follow him matthew 4:19 this is jesus speaking to peter and andrew then he said to them follow me and i will make you fishers of men any guess what will jesus make us when we follow him fishers of men when we follow jesus he makes us fishers of men so my third point is share about jesus be fishers of men second corinthians 5:18 to 20 says all this is from god who reconciled us to himself through christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation god has given us the ministry of reconciliation what is that that god was reconciling the world to himself in christ not counting people's sin against them God does not count people's sin against them. That, and through that message, he is reconciling the world to himself in Christ. And the verse continues to say, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. To whom the message of reconciliation has been committed? To us believers. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, verse 20 says. We are Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. So God, through us, is appealing to the people, be reconciled to God. The natural progression of fixing our eyes on Jesus and following him should be sharing with others about the wonderful Jesus who rescued you and blessed you so much. God has committed to us the message of reconciliation. What is that? In other words, God has committed to us the gospel and what is gospel romans 1 16 says for i am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of god power of god that brings salvation to everyone who believes first to the jews then to the gentiles gospel is the power of god that brings salvation to everyone who believes and this has been committed to us wow what a big responsibility you have tasted how beautiful jesus is you have received his blessings. Why would you not share this joy with others? Now, I want you to use your imagination here. Okay, imaginations, we use it for the wrong purpose, but for the right purpose, I want you to use it today. Okay, I would like to share one story. Imagine there is a 
poor family living near your house a very poor family they have taken a huge loan and from a wicked lender okay very wicked and greedy lender now they are not able to repay the loan so the lender is torturing the family his goons are beating them every day okay just say imaginary story but imagine now the man of the house who is also your friend sells his kidney and repays the lender you know about it you have this information that he did it but before he could tell this to his family he dies but the wicked and the greedy lender continues to torture the family and so that he could get more money and the family decides to suicide one day because they don't have money to pay and the man of the house is dead when you see this happening what would you do would you not tell the family that their loan has been repaid or would you take this information keep it to yourself and enjoy the beatings they are receiving no you would not do that similarly you have an important information that your lost friends do not know they don't know that jesus died for their sins they need not go to hell shouldn't you share the gospel with them my intent is not to condemn you but to remind you about the big responsibility that god has committed to you the information you carry within you is a matter of eternal life and eternal death i used to share gospel with my friends in office so one day one of my close friends in the office asked me why you christians want others to be christian as well why don't you mind your own business instead of poking into others lives he was beginning his usual series of teasing this he does always okay i asked him this if you have a medicine for cancer and you came to know that your friend has cancer what would you do would you not share the medicine with him he was silent for a long time so i urge you to look for every opportunity to share the good news always remember the end purpose of all that we are doing in this earth what is that saving souls on 7th august we are celebrating friendship sunday in the church as andrew shared the whole purpose of this event is to share the gospel with the lost you can invite your non believer friends to this event so that they get to hear the gospel where do you want your friend to be after death don't you want them to be in heaven don't you want them to receive the joy you are enjoying or are you scared of rejection which might you might get now some of you might ask in mind i have invited my friends before but nothing happened what if they don't receive the gospel your job is to invite and pray for them you are not the savior jesus is the savior leave his part to him so i urge you to invite as many as friends as possible as many friends as possible and pray for their salvation praise prayer is powerful to conclude jesus is beautiful beyond human comprehension is beautiful beyond description fix your eyes on him and be transformed easily enjoying his beauty when you see his beauty you would want to follow him you would want to share about him with everyone do it live a christ centered life let's pray father i pray that you would help us to see you more and more above 
Help us to fix our eyes on you. Help us to live a Christ-centered life. As we see you and enjoy you, I pray that we will follow you and do all that you want us to do. And we will share about you and your wonderful deeds to everyone, Lord. Give us the boldness to share the gospel, Abba. Thank you for entrusting us with this wonderful gospel, Lord. Father, transform us today. Jesus, help us to lead a Christ-centered life. And I pray above all that, Holy Spirit, you will reveal to us more and more the perfect love Jesus has for us. Reveal to us more and more, Lord, as we read the scriptures, as we meditate your word. Help us to see it. In Jesus' name I pray.